Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Afternoon delight on 970 ESPN to the phone lines we go. All of our guests here on the show. Yin's already know. Brought to you by the Fox Bet app. Make the call, download the app today. I made a nice donation to the Fox Bet app over the weekend. Oh yeah, like a whole, I think I don't know. I don't even want to do the math now, but I lost some money this weekend. All right. Joining me now to discuss everything Steelers, maybe a little March Madness as well. It's our buddy Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris, did you make any donations to a uh, a sports gambling app this weekend, or were you responsible and or successful in your March Madness bets? <laughs> successful <laughs> in this year's bracket? No, you kidding me? Oh, I, I had Illinois going from Final Four. You, I was like, oh, I, I, <laughs> oh man, I, but I, I did not. But see, here's the thing: I was responsible, but I realized, Chris, you're going to stink this year. Even though you've been covering college basketball, you know everything's going to be crazy with all the COVID and all the, all the stupid things. So just don't put any money there. So I entered. I did enter like some friendly pools, not anything like super competitive. Like I, I spent twenty bucks this year on brackets. Normally I'm closer to like eighty to a hundred, but this year I was like, let's let's take a step back. And thank goodness I did that because it is just. Ugh. Chris, I made four bets yesterday. I lost all four of them. Three teams, three of the four teams that I really, there's only four teams in the world that I really care about, Mr. Carter. The Steelers, the Penguins, WVU, uh-huh. and Manchester United. Okay. <laughs> well, three, all those teams except for the Steelers, three of the teams, three of the four teams that I really care about in this world played yesterday. They all lost, so I lost all my bets. All my teams lost. I should have just known yesterday was not my day, but things are looking up now because we got our buddy Chris Carter on the line. Chris, since we spoke last week, it is official. Juju Smith-Schuster back on a one-year, $8 million deal. Uh, some voidable stuff in there, but that's kind of what it boils down to. Uh, just your thoughts. When this news broke right before uh, what, right before the weekend, Friday afternoon when this news broke, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster would officially be coming back to the black and gold. Your thoughts, Mr. Carter? Well, what's funny was my thoughts changed within a few hours of the signing because when they announced him coming back and like, you know, about 30 minutes after the Steven Nelson wanting a trade uh, news broke, my first thought was, wow. So that was just their first move after that happened. And they're just doing a, a, a simple switch in here. Like, Hey, cause I knew, I knew that 8 million, you cleared about $8.2 million in cap space by losing Nelson. And if you're spending $8 million on Juju, that's a quick fix. And I was like, wow, that fits in. But then we quickly learned that, they had nothing to do with each other because Juju's cap hit with this deal is in $2.4 million, meaning even if Steven Nelson wants to stay, they can afford both of them right now. So hmm. to the people who are still – like I get the initial reaction because that was my initial reaction saying, wow, switching for Nelson and Juju, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense with what this team needs right now because you have depth at wide receiver and not as much depth at cornerback. Sure. But now you're, look, you're looking at it and you're seeing like, wait a second. They can afford Juju even if Nelson stays. And if Nelson goes, 
that frees up $8.25 million in cash space, which means they'll be $10 million under the cap, which means they could probably get signed two veterans at least with that money. And then we're talking a whole different ballgame. So, I, you know, I, don't, I, I think that there's still people that are trying to push this narrative that the Steelers basically traded Nelson for Juju, and that's just not the case. And to me, that's a great deal to get Juju at, a, at $2.4 million against your cap. I'll take that all day. And the crazy thing is, again, we don't know what the cap is going to be like next year. We assume it's going to be this boom. You know, Dale Lawley predicted it to be like $210 million. If it gets to that, I mean, the Steelers may go ahead and say, you know what, we, you know, if Juju plays really well for them and, and he shows that he can be a leader for sure. them this year, they can be like, hey, why don't we keep Juju around for a while? Or what do they figure out to do? But I think that the, the this whole thing about Nelson going and Juju staying is related is this it's, it's been proved, like, if you just read the writing on the wall, it's, it's obvious they are not related at all. I, I think it's more, it, it, what's the bigger impact is Steven Nelson believing he, he deserves cornerback one money from the Steelers, and the Steelers are just like, ah, we're, we're going to pay you cornerback two money, and he doesn't want that kind of a deal. So is that what you think what gives with Steven Nelson, right? Because I think it's easy to see why on Chris, or why Chris, right, on Friday, a lot of people kind of assumed that that was the case with the Juju news and the Steven Nelson news kind of arriving at the same time. You can at least see how people wanted to put two and two together there. So what gives with Steven Nelson? Is it just the money? They're off on the money. And so because of that, they've said, you know what, Steven, we just agree to disagree. We'll let you go. Is there something deeper there? If, you know, if, if you're saying that the Steelers could afford to still re-sign Juju and keep Steven Nelson, what gives with, uh, with the talented corner? Is it just he wants to be the guy? He wants more money? I think he said he wants more money because they were looking for an extension. If, if you if you follow Stephen Nelson's Twitter account, you'll see that earlier that week he said moment he, he just tweeted out moment of truth, and I took that immediately as he's getting into negotiation talks because they want to extend him, and that was natural. Of course, they want to extend him. He's late twenties. He's playing. Solidly. He didn't play as well in 2020 as he did in 2019, but he's still a solid cornerback. You want that guy to be part of your future, but he's still not cornerback one material. Like he still gets beaten. He's not the lockdown guy. Like if you're going to pay a guy cornerback one material, you need to play like Joe Hayden has, and uh, Nelson hasn't done that. But they were still like, hey, we like you, Nelson. Stick around. But you know, don't forget the reason Nelson came to the Steelers was because the Chiefs wouldn't offer him the kind of money he wanted. So. Nelson's always been a guy who believes in himself, as he should. That's what most athletes do. You believe in yourself. You try to get the best contract that you can. And he's saying, hey, I think that someone will pay, you know, top dollar in a cornerback market to bring me onto their squad. And if it can't happen here, I'd like the, the ability to seek out someone who will make it happen. Now, will someone do that? We don't know. But, again, the Steelers granted him permission to seek a trade, which means he's going to be able to go out and say, who would if, if, if someone traded for me right now, who would sign me to an extension that would give me the money that I'm doing? So that's, right. that's probably what's going to happen moving on. But the Steelers, that, that's why they're not just cutting him right right now. They're saying, hey, go, you know, see a tra- get a trade if you want. If not, we'll talk about what happens after that. Um, and, again, if Nelson goes, uh, you know, that, that's going to create $8.2 million in cash space. They can then either get his replacement for that kind of money, maybe a Dory Jackson, maybe a few guys that are still on the market, or they can get one of those centers that are floating around in the free agent market. And then we're saying, oh, wow, so not only do they get to keep Juju, but then they address another need with the Steven Nelson money. So ultimately, this isn't a, this wasn't a, this is basically Steelers holding their ground saying, hey, man, like we like you, but we don't like you that much. We like you, but we don't love you. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's like, hey, why, why don't you, you know, why don't you see if you can find someone else who works for you? If not, 
you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. And, and, and I don't think this will happen because I think someone that will, he will try to find a destination and, and, and get somewhere. But he may say at one point, some point, you know what, let me just ride this contract out and see, and see what happens next year. Because, uh, you know, that, again, that free agency market is going to be booming with money next year. Maybe he just, maybe it would be smarter for him to just hit the, hit the market then and see what he gets paid. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast, our guest here on the Afternoon Delight, brought to you by the FoxBet app. Make the call. Download the app today. Chris, does it feel like – because you and I, I mean, we've discussed this throughout the offseason. You come on the show every week. We've discussed it on the Locked On Steelers podcast as well, too. It, it, the Steelers are a team that they certainly have their positional needs, right? Tackle, center, yeah. Yeah. running back off-ball linebacker, I think now with Ola Daney gone, we could add edge linebacker to that list too, right? Um, you could say cornerback now too with Mike Hilton and potentially Steve Nelson departing. Does it feel like with some of the moves that we've seen and, and with Juju signing on Friday, like is it still too early to say that it feels like they're kind of trying to load up on offense, that they believe, hey, we got Cam Hayward, we got Stephon Tuitt, we got T.J. Watt, Devin Bush is coming back, we got Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, our defense is still going to be good. They might not be great like they have been at times over the last couple years, but they're still going to be good. We need the offense to take a big step forward. You know, Matt Canada, Ben Roethlisberger, we need the offense to take a big step forward. Let's load up on offense. Let's keep the band together. I don't know about you, but it feels to me more and more like, wow, they really could take a running back with that first-round pick. Am I I putting the cart before the horse and saying that, or is it fair to say that it does really feel like they're confident that the core on defense is strong enough to still be, okay, maybe not a top five defense, but a top ten defense, and we want to load up the offense here for the last year, uh, what we all think might be the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. I think it's, it's a little piece in your conversation. There's two different ways to, to go this. That not, it's not one all one way or all the other. I think that they see, hey, Nelson, Bud, uh, Vince Williams, Hilton, they're all good pieces. In, in the in the picture that is the Steelers defense, but none of them were the pillars that were holding it up. That's T.J. Watt, that's Cam Hayward, that's Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I'd even I'd even say Devin Bush and Joe Hayden yeah, are yeah. are bigger for the for what defense can be in 2021 than any of those guys. But when you look at again, Alex Highsmith is coming in to replace Bud Dupree. You're expecting Cam Sutton to step, to step up at either slot or outside cornerback. I, I think that those guys. You know the, the the problem here is that this the Steelers are still very much in the middle of free agency and they're not even looking at the draft. You know they're going to look around, they're going to see who's who's available, who's still out there. And again, there's there's guys that are still getting cut by their other teams because they can't afford. I mean, we just saw Kyle Fuller, a lockdown cornerback, yeah. get cut by the Bears and signed elsewhere for big money. So you know there's still there's still a lot of chances for them to address. Like we, we're not, I don't think we're anywhere near close seeing what the 2021 roster. Is, or, uh, is going to be this year because, again, if if Stephen Nelson does go, which I think he will, if he does go, that, that you're, you're talking about ten million dollars in cap space. They can still restructure to it, restructure Boswell, maybe extend you know one other player if they want, and then probably get closer to fifteen million dollars in cap space and, and be able to sign even more guys. And then we could be talking like, wow, well we didn't know they were going to have this cornerback playing in the slot or this cornerback playing outside or this other off-ball linebacker or this backup edge rusher or this starting center. And then again, and then again after that, then the draft, and then you get to say, "Oh wow, now this team has a number one running back and a top and a highly touted rookie offensive tackle and an off-ball linebacker who is really athletic." There's a whole bunch of different directions the Steelers could go, and that's why you know I always preach patience. You know, it's you know I never try to speak in absolutes 
Um, you know, I, you know I, try, I try my best to try and you know, to say, hey, let's look at this and what different options are available from each uh, each part of this conversation and each you know point that we look at and you know, as we dissect the Steelers roster. But uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't commit to either they're loading up on offense or they're settling on defense. I think that they're still looking for what's the best out there, um, and, and they know that you know part of the game right now is the waiting game and seeing who might come available because had they a few years ago in 2017 West, if they hadn't had the roster, like the salary cap space available, they wouldn't have been able to sign Joe Hayden when the, when the Browns cut him. And right. that was in the summer. Right. Oh no. Did we just lose Chris Carter? Are you still here? No, I'm, I'm here. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I did. <laughs> My fault. That's like the first time we've ever not been on the same page. That was a nice mic drop <laughs> moment by you. But I thought like, oh wait, he's got he he's about to he's about to add something to it. And but you were just that was the uh, listen uh, good stuff. Oh my goodness, look at this guy. He's just going. Chris Carter. All right. I just got worried that you know that's the the dangers of producing the own show too. I'm always worried that a guest is dropping out on me. No, I think you know what that's that's a great example. You're right, and I think we saw some of that, Chris. Um recently right like maybe before the team signed juju like this time last week when it was out there okay yeah. the steelers probably have you know a little over five million maybe five and a half ish mil, uh, in terms of cap space i think a lot of people were thinking okay well hey five and a half mil you can you know you can get a nice lineman for five and a half mil you can get a nice second linebacker for five and a half mil yeah but you still got to sign your your uh draft picks obviously and like you said too you always want to have um almost like a like an emergency fund there, right? In case a, a person like Joe Hayden unexpectedly becomes available and, and you're ready to pounce and you've got the wiggle room there. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, in the Locked on Steelers podcast with us here. Chris, okay, so, so this is good, right? I can do like the irrational fan thing and, 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 you, can, and you can continue to reel me in. I, so uh, you, you talked me off the ledge, not even talked me off the ledge, but you just broke it down in terms of explaining the, the prioritizing offense thing. We're about a month to go to the draft now, uh, about five weeks to go to the NFL draft, just a little bit over a month, just a shade over a month here. As we're starting to get closer, does it feel more likely that they're going to take a linebacker with their early picks now, right? I think we've been guilty of this at times. Okay, first two rounds, they're going to take an offensive lineman and they're going to take a running back. They're going to take a running back and they're going to take an offensive lineman. Man, Chris, with them cutting Vince Williams, with Ola Adani being gone, all of a sudden now, you know, like we've joked about it, but it really does, right? Like this is an organization that quite often takes a linebacker with one of their first two picks in the draft, off-ball or edge guy I'm talking here, and, man, now as we get closer and closer to the draft, and, hey, to be fair, right, things could still happen in free agency. There's certainly they could, they could do something in free agency that would change that. But as it stands right now, are you feeling even more confident that they're going to they're gonna take a linebacker earlier on in the draft? Yeah, actually, I really kind of think that's – I've been saying for a little while, it's definitely an option on the table. Um, there are some – and linebacker is an interestingly deep position in this year's draft. Like, there are guys in the middle rounds. I really like the idea of getting a Charles Mountain, uh, maybe in like the, the third or fourth round because of how long he is and how he can help in coverage. But I, I, as a person who has always appreciated Vince Williams for everything that he could do as a linebacker, he stuffs the run, he rushes the passer, he bulldozes fullbacks. Like, you know, this, the, the stuff that he did was always appreciated. His day in the NFL is just, like, or like the, the style of his play is just, it's kind of fading. Some for linebackers just haven't been 
as important to NFL defenses. You know, and, and it's good to have something power, but you have to combine that with better coverage ability. And Vince only flashed those. And so it's kind of letting go of, of, of Vince Williams, you know, it's kind of like you're just acknowledging like, hey, as much as we like this guy, as much as this guy is great to have around, we got to acknowledge the real problem that whenever, even when Devin Butch is on the field, if, if, Vince, if Vince is on or even when they got Avery Williamson is on, teams look at those guys and say, we can pick on the middle part of the field and make things easy as long as we avoid Devin Bush and, you know, maybe if Terrell Edmonds is patrolling around there. But, you know, there's real good guys that they could get in this draft. You know, I think Michael Parsons, you know, is, is going to be gone. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Jer- Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, who I think is really interesting. I think he – but, like, you know, if you look like a Darren Brown, a David Collins, a Nick Bolton, all three of those guys could be around late in the first. And, you know, and, and maybe you're talking late in the second with, with – with, uh, well, not with Collins. I think he'll, he'll, he'll get picked pretty early. But then you, you could still look at a Pete Werner from Ohio State, a Dylan Moses from, uh, from, from Alabama, uh, a Chad Surratt from, uh, from North Carolina. And, again, I, I like Monty Rice, Monty Rice and Charles Snowden. Uh, or it's not in the in the middle rounds. You need two guys who can hit and cover. And one yes. thing we saw, you know, everyone talked about the Buccaneers' offense and how Tom Brady and Antonio Brown and and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But that defense is what carried them to that Super Bowl yes. run. It was, and it was, and a huge part of that defense was having a Devin White and a Levante David lined up next to each other, not just stuffing the run, but taking away taking away tight ends, taking away uh, running backs, taking away and you know, you know being playing good zone coverage in the middle of the field. If you can pair Devin Bush with another young, talented, athletic linebacker who can play the run well and play the pass well, you're going to to boost the middle part of your field, and you're going to make it so that hey, you know what? If we just didn't pay a whole lot of money to the second cornerback position, that might be okay. You know, we might not be as concerned about that because a huge part of why Mike Hilton was so important for the Steelers defense is because they didn't have a guy who could have the lateral speed as a linebacker outside of Devin Bush. Now, when Devin Bush got hurt, they didn't have it at all at that position. So, um, getting another linebacker could be a very, very easily a top priority for the Steelers. I'm interested to see what their big board would look like. Uh, and considering who would who they would value as a, as a good pick at 24th overall and uh, where they might say, you know what, we'll wait on that guy because there's hmm. this other guy late in the draft who also fills this need. Chris Carter, he's at the top of my big board joining us here to discuss <laughs> some stellars and uh, some free agency and draft stuff as well too. All right, Chris, you know how this works. Before I let you go, one or two curveballs before we get out of here, all right? Sure. NFL draft, like we said, a little over a month away. April 29th, it starts – in Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. All right. So here's the question for you, Chris. You remember a couple years ago, I think it was 2018, 2018 or 2019, when the NFL draft was in Nashville. Do you recall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember uh, when Pat McAfee went up on stage to make a pick for the Colts and he kind of roasted the Titans and all their fans in that epic video? Yeah. My question for you, Chris, who would you send from the Pittsburgh Steelers organization current or former, past or present, to roast Cleveland, right? Like in the same way that the Indianapolis Colts sent Pat McAfee to Nashville and he roasted the Titans and their fans, which former or current Pittsburgh Steeler would you send to roast the Cleveland Browns? Well, I mean, I, I might, you know, I, you know what, he would, I don't think, he, I'm not sure if he would do it. I think he would. I think he, he kind of does it. But I, I know a guy who would get on stage, Wes, and he wouldn't just speak. But then the entire stadium would silence. You know why? Because I'm sending James Harrison up there, and they would just be like, "Oh my God, not that guy! He's knocked out like four of our players." <laughs> and then they would just be, they would just think, "Oh my God!" Like 
Harrison, he wouldn't have to, he would just look at you and just be like, with the third pick or the third round pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select blah, blah, blah. And then the whole audience <laughs> is just like, we just don't want to make James Harrison mad. Let they'd be afraid, they'd the be team. afraid to boo him, Chris. <laughs> right, right. Because he's like, do you, do you, do you saw what I did to one of your fans when they came on the field? I'm going to do that same thing. Go ahead. Boo me. Go ahead. Boo me. I dare you. Boo. I dare you. <laughs> boo me. I dare you. And, and that, that's what they should send up there because he's going to scare somebody. Um, but a, a, the Texas thing, you could send basically anyone who, who wasn't on the roster this year, and they could be like, look, I beat the Browns 20 times in a row. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can say whatever I want I, in this town. I, I think I would go with Joey Porter just because we know how good he is mm. in the trash talk, and he could be like, mm. I used to get thrown out before games against you guys because I didn't care <laughs> because I knew we were just going to walk to victory. I could get thrown out in warm-ups, and my team was going to be just fine. That's how much of a pushover you guys are. Uh, all right, Chris, last one for you. Sure. I need to know, are you twerking for Syracuse? What? I've had a, I've had a lot of pit people like they da- like Dale Lolly right you know like oh we <laughs> we we beat Syracuse twice this year oh it's <laughs> nice to see Syracuse take down WVU uh, see Chris I know how you are you proper hate both Syracuse and WVU <laughs> so there was no winner for you really yesterday right you you you're, you're not please tell me you're not twerking for Syracuse. First of all, Chris Carter does not twerk. I am more refined <laughs> than than Well, than Dan that. Lawley's but out I, here twerking. Oh, come on. When I saw some vision eye in my head, I would never get out there. Uh, like, I was just chilling here, minding myself, drinking my H2O, doing some film work for my Carter's classroom that's going to go up tomorrow. And here I got – now I got to imagine Dale Lawley twerking. God, oh, you just ruined my whole day. Anyway, uh, no, my – I'm a guy – I appreciate when people play well, like – you know, like uh, you know, seeing Ryan was like Buddy Bayon. He's playing oh, phenomenally. You can't, gosh. you can't hate the kid, and, and even though he's he's the coach's son. And I gotta tell you, there were a couple. Of, you know, in the games where Pitt was sweeping Syracuse, he was looking very coach's sonny. It was like <laughs> very like, what, coach's what sonny. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know, what you doing out here, young man? But I, I, and I was keeping an eye on them as the year went on. And I was like, man, okay, they're they're figuring it out as Syracuse should. Yeah. Um. And uh, and hey, he, he's playing lights out in these other rounds. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and if, if West Virginia won, I was kind of you know looking forward to just seeing which one of those two guys come. Now I, I did I did two brackets this year because like I said I, I doubled back on how much money I was shelling out for March Madness this year. But in one bracket I actually had West Virginia going, and the other bracket I had Syracuse going because I thought both of these teams can catch can catch fire and do some damage here. So uh, so I, you know, I wasn't really twerking for nobody. I was more <laughs> just watching for for some good basketball. Now was I enjoying a bit in you and Adam Crowley being sad on Twitter? Sure, Absolutely. Sure. What I have enjoyed it as well as Syracuse fans were crying crying there and there sure, was Absolutely. Sure. But at the same time, I'm sitting here. It's but that's like that's like the Browns whenever they used to laugh at this like this year's different because the Browns beat the Steelers. But when the Browns used to laugh at the Steelers, ha ha, you lost to the Patriots in the AFC championship game. Well, what, what are you doing? And, and I'm, not, I'm not being like that. I'm like, hey, it, it's happy that they beat that they swept Syracuse this year, albeit they got to do a lot of rebuilding because, like everyone else, the transfer portal is going to be crazy, and you know, and two of the pit players are going to be in it. But at the same time, I'm like, like you know, again, I'm, I, I wouldn't be talking trash from a pit fan in that situation uh, to either of those programs where they're where they're at right now. But who knows? Maybe in a year or two. Pitt might, Pitt might have to get some trash of their own to talk if they can, if Capel can get some guys together in this transfer portal. <sighs> 
No nonsense, no twerking from our buddy Chris Carter at DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Sports I would not podcast. Make a, I would not make a good TikTok person. <laughs> make sure you're reading all Chris's work in DK Pittsburgh Sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Great time of year as we're gearing up. Uh, with free agency and the draft right around the corner. And listen to Chris Chris here just about every single week on 970 ESPN. Buddy, I appreciate your time as always, man. Take care. Appreciate you always, Blake. Stay up, Wes. Don't don't let them get you down too much. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) I'm doing my best. I just, I just. My soul slides away. But don't look back in anger, I heard you say. 412-919-1316 on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. More Steelers, more free agency talk when we return. It's the afternoon delight on ESPN Pittsburgh.